Good morning, everyone. Uh, we will light a candle on the fourth Sunday of Advent as a sign of God's love for the world and its people. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's light this candle. Let's light this candle as a reminder that the birth of Jesus. The light of the world is a demonstration of the gospel. Church, um, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, whose love for the world was so great that you prepared to die for it, thank you for your sacrifice. We remember it started at Christmas. We light this candle as insurance of your love, knowing that love will move you to return one day. We offer up our prayers for your love to be shown abundantly to each and every person in our broken world this Advent season. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Tom, and this is my lovely wife, Mavis. We are so happy to worship with you all today, whether it be in, in real life or over the internet. We especially wish to welcome, to extend a warm welcome to those who are worshiping with us for the first time. We would like to invite you to fill out our digital connect form available via QR code in the foyer or on our website. Please take this opportunity to stand and greet one another, socially distanced, of course, and to pass along God's peace. Announcements for this week. And I'm so excited because there's only four more sleeps until a much-anticipated AEID event, and that's an evening in December. So please remember to re invite your friends and family to this special event, because this one's going to be the best ever. <laughs> it's going to be held hybrid as well, so it means that it's going to be online as well as in-person, and um, you can enjoy it here or on your comfy couch at home. So please note that vaccine passports will be required. And the theme for this year is God and God moved into the neighborhood. So now I'd like to invite Pastor Josh to give you more details. Thank you, Tom Mavis. Yeah, as with every new COVID-related uh, decision that we've made as a church, we're gonna continue to look to our health authorities for guidance. As a result of even more recent changes to the provincial rules, we are now going to be requiring both a vaccine passport to attend the in-person 
uh, evening in December, and limiting our attendance to 50% capacity. Um, an evening in December, this is, again, like you heard just now, we're, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus by singing carols. We're going to hear the Christmas story. And here's what we're going to be asking everyone to do when you come. And we do hope that you consider coming. I mean, I, we don't want to scare you away. But this is going to be the way that we try to keep everyone safe. First of all, for those planning to attend, please pre-register online. Uh, you're going to give us your contact tracing information there. Uh, there's a link on the Phraselands website up already, so you can do that. Now, giving us that information doesn't mean you get reserved a spot. Um, it will remain a first-come, first-seat event. So even if you pre-register, do come early to make sure that you can guarantee yourself and your family a seat, uh, as we are going to be limiting 50%. So it's around 200 and something people um, will be allowed to be here. When you come, um, we're going to be checking ID for everyone who is 18 and over. Vaccine passports are required for those who are 12 and over. Uh, doors to our sanctuaries will open at 7 p.m. So you can come into the foyer and then into the, your seats before the service starts. And then the evening starts at 8 p.m. Again, there will be mandatory masking for everybody ages 5 and older. We've had several questions regarding Omicron and the canceling of AEID. And our staff continues to monitor the situation um, as of the 17th at 5 p.m., we were still planning on hosting this thing in live, in person. So check our website for our latest updates. Um, yeah, again, you've been told we're going to be doing this both hybrid in person and also online. Uh, anyone who cannot attend in person for any reason is welcome to join us there. We thank you so much for your understanding and cooperation. Uh, we're looking forward to celebrating Christmas Eve together at AEID at 8 p.m. Thanks. So we have more announcements here about donation. So the 2021 donation deadline will be um, we'll be collecting it uh, no later than Wednesday, December 29th. That's the yeah donation deadline. And the year-end Thanksgiving offering uh, we are collecting from December 1st to December 29th. So if you would like. Um, your donation summary, just uh, contact Jacqueline at Fraser Lance. And last but not least, we are unfortunately, again, for the second year, unable to fellowship and decorate our trees at church. So, but I am truly excited to present this special slideshow as we get to see our Fraser Lance family and for me especially, see how all the little ones have grown over the year. So let's enjoy this Lights of Christmas Home Edition 2021.
Let us pray. Lord, as Christmas approaches and we spend our time online shopping for those last-minute gifts that will be delivered on time, thank you, Amazon Prime, two-day shipping, or baking a batch of special cookies to sabotage our frenemies' diet, or sitting for hours on end watching the Hallmark Christmas romances, let us redirect our attention to remember whose birthday we're actually celebrating this Christmas. After all, you can't have Christmas without Christ. God of justice and mercy, God of peace and joy, God of love and hope, we rejoice in you, for you are our strength and our song. You gather those who have gone astray and welcome them back into your fold. You bring healing to those who are broken in body and spirit and draw close to those who walk alone. Through your limitless love and mercy, we are transformed and made new. Every time we fall, you raise us up again. We will trust in you and not fear. In the depths of our despair, we will turn to you for comfort and know peace and have hope. With joy, we will sing of your glory and proclaim to the world your message of salvation. Receive our prayers, our praise, and adoration this day, for you alone are worthy, for you alone are holy. All-knowing God, although perfect joy only comes through faith and trust in you, in our arrogance, we seek joy in our own selfish ways. We indulge our desires. We are miserly with the resources you have given us. We seek the approval of our fellow men and value their judgment above yours. We live beyond our means and leave behind a legacy of chaos for the next generation. Forgive us, Lord, for placing ourselves first. Forgive us, Lord, for seeking gratification in all the wrong places, in all the wrong ways. Forgive us, Lord, for knowing what is right and doing what is wrong, because it is easier. Help us to turn back to you and to take up the cross alongside you. Let us take a few moments to search our hearts and confess our sins before God, to shine his light upon our inner darkness and be cleansed by his grace. In 1 John 1, 9, it is written, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let us hold fast to this promise and be freed from the bondage of our sins. Our living, loving God, we give thanks this Christmas season for the holiday break, for the time away from work and school, for the chance to refresh our bodies, rest our minds, and recharge our spirits. We are grateful for the beauty and wonder of this season. We pray that you will continue to sustain us through this latest surge of pandemic challenges with the Omicron variant that is taking us back in time. As we struggle with new social restrictions and anxiety, we pray that you uphold those who feel lost and lonely, isolated by borders that are ever harder to traverse. We pray that you send the spirit to lift their hearts and to give them strength to persevere. We pray that you will bless this upcoming evening in December. May it be pleasing to you and bring joy and hope to our community. Compassionate God, we pray for all those who have been affected by the natural disasters that continue to wreak havoc throughout the land, the devastating floods and tornadoes that have reduced entire towns into rubble. 
We pray that you encourage and sustain them through this great time of trial. Provide for them through government agencies and humanitarian organizations, through the sacrificial kindness of individuals prompted by the Spirit to quote-unquote love thy neighbor as thyself. Continue to help those suffering in the aftermath of these disasters, the people of Lytton, the people of Abbotsford, the people of Tornado Alley in the American Midwest. Open our hearts to use the resources you have put at our disposal to make a difference in the lives of others rather than to accumulate more landfill fodder for ourselves. Lord, we pray for today's offering. Let us not think of it as giving, but rather as returning, since all that we are, all that we have, comes from you. May we be thankful to return a portion of what you have given us, so that your work and your word can continue to be a blessing to those who need it most. We pray all this in Jesus' holy and precious name, and all God's children said, Amen. Prepare our hearts to worship from Luke 2, verses 8 to 13. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, giving, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Thank you, Mavis and Tom. Uh, let us rise together and worship together. Um, today I invited my kids, uh, my older kids, the twins, Sophie and Zachy, to help with the rhythm section. So um, yeah, let's clap together for the first song. We're gonna sing, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Go tell it on the mountain, over
let's give God a hand. <laughs> Amen. Angels, we have
Let's have a seat. Thank you, Esther and worship team. So nice to see families singing together and making music. Let us prepare our hearts now to listen to God's word. Today's reading is from John 1st, John 1, verses 1 to 18. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. The word became, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses Grace and truth came from Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who himself, who is himself God, and is in the closest, re closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Mavis, for reading scripture to us this morning. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Sing Dan Phi Lop. Shan Dan Kwai Le. Is that right? Okay, obviously I'm not right. Okay, so. You know, it's great to be with you this morning. Uh, great to be able to celebrate our Lord's birth together today. Now, you may have heard the story of Christmas many times, but have we really heard and seen? 
Why do we celebrate Christmas? What is the essence? If we're to strip away all the add-ons, all the extras, what is Christmas at its core? Is Christmas just a happy holiday, as some in our world seem to think? You know, I'm sorry, but I cannot just wish someone a happy holiday at Christmas because it's so much more. Much more than the time off and the days off work. Much more than the shopping and the uh, year-end discounts. Much more than the family gatherings, the eating, the festivities, or even the Christmas programs. You see, at Christmas, God reveals himself in Jesus. He reveals himself in Jesus. Christmas is God becoming man. The one who created the world became a created being. The living God became one of us. John 1.14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In his book, The Trivialization of God, Reverend Donald McCullough told of this tall column in the middle of Trafalgar Square in London with its statue of the Lord Admiral Horatio Nelson at the pinnacle. The only problem with the monument was that its pinnacle hero was so high that viewers below could not see what the honored admiral looked like. So McCullough explained that approximately 50 years ago, an exact six-foot replica of Lord Nelson atop the pinnacle was placed at eye level beneath the pinnacle in order uh, that we can see what the exalted figure uh, looked like. This, Reverend McConnell thought to himself, is an illustration of what God did for the human race when he gave us Jesus. The high, invisible God came down low in the eye-level person of Jesus Christ, his son, so that we could see what God is like. It is God coming down to our level so that we can see him. In John chapter 1, verse uh, 18, it says, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. I heard someone say that if God was to take a selfie, that is a photo of himself, it would turn out to be the very image of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the exact representation of God's glory. In Jesus, God became human so that we can see, hear, and know God. In other words, Jesus has made God known. He said in chapter uh, 14 of John uh, that anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. It reminds me of when our son was a preteen. That was many, many years ago. Um, On his birthday, he would invite a few friends over to play for the day and and have a sleepover. And as my wife, Deb, and I got to interact with uh, uh, with them during the day and saw how they played and everything during the day and night, 
it dawned on us that these boys were exactly like their father. When it came time to eat, we asked, who would like to pray? And the hand would shoot up. Who would like to play music? And another hand would go up. Who would like to help out? And a third hand would go up. Now we know because we're good friends with these fathers. Right, uh, Jant and Noel and Bill? Jesus, God's son, has come down and explained God. The unseen God is seen through Jesus Christ. God reveals himself in Jesus that we can receive grace and truth. Man, have you ever said to your wife, your fiance, or your girlfriend, honey, you look beautiful. For those of you who have, put up your hand. For those of you who haven't, put up your hand anyways. Okay, guys? So you don't get into trouble, trust me. Put up your hand anyways. And now just make sure that you do say it to her the next time uh, you go out with her or she dresses up on a date. Just say it to her. No, better yet, don't just say she's beautiful. Say that she's the very definition of what beauty is. Beauty is but defined by her radiance, her being. You see, that's what Jesus is. He's not just hopeful. He is hope in a hopeless world. He's not just peaceful. He is peace. He's the prince of peace. Jesus is not just joyful. He is joy. He's not just loving. He is love. The very definition of what love is. Love is measured to him. In this passage, in John chapter 1, verse 14, Jesus said, is said to be full of grace and truth. That is grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is not only graceful and truthful, but he's the very definition of what grace and truth is. Jesus is grace as he offers us grace. The deep love, the deep mercy and compassion and forgiveness of God. He became the grace of God for us as he died on the cross. Jesus is truth. He's the very word of God, the very speech of God. He is God's truth, God's justice, God's righteousness, and God's holiness, who despises sin and dispenses judgment. Now, our culture doesn't understand these two sides. He's either grace or truth, but he's both. He's full of grace and truth. You see, even when we've gone our own way and done something wrong, when we come to God in humility and ask for his mercy and forgiveness and grace, he'll offer it to us. You know, when I look at the cross, and I think of the grace of Jesus, it reminds me of the wide horizontal beam, the wide outstretched arms of Jesus, the world embracing arms 
of our all-merciful, all-compassionate God, which is the major longing of our heart. When I think of the truth of Jesus, it reminds me of the tall vertical beam that goes deep down and straight up to show the power of God's straight, real, honest truth, which is the major longing of our human mind. The truth of Jesus is powerful enough to support the wide horizontal beam of God's grace that stretches around the world, each and every one of us. Isn't that what our world is longing for these days? That the grace and truth of Jesus, the presence of God, would be with us? Our world has gone through a lot this past year, these past two years, hasn't it? Our families, our church families, have gone through so much as well. Many changes, many difficulties, many disappointments and uncertainties in life. Our hearts, our world, our souls, are so thirsty and hungry for living water and bread. Jesus said that I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The world keeps changing. We see it all around us. The rules keep changing. Some of you may wonder why the story of Christmas has not really changed. Well, that's because the beauty and what we love about the gospel does not change. Though the world has changed in many ways, our hearts longing for hope peace, joy, and love for the grace and truth of Jesus to prevail, for the very presence of God to be with us has not changed, does not change, and will not change. First, God reveals himself in Jesus so that we can receive grace and truth. As well, God reveals himself in Jesus so we can become children of God. It says in John chapter 1, verse 12, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. So what does it really mean to receive Jesus and to believe in his name? Well, it means to believe that Jesus is the Son of God who came from the Father, that Jesus died for our sins, that he rose from the dead, and he's now seated with God in heaven. If we believe this with all our hearts and receive him into our lives as Savior and Lord, the result is he would give us the right and the privilege to become children of God. So first, we can see that God reveals himself in Jesus. But as well, God reveals himself through us. He reveals himself through us. 
Now, based on God's incarnate presence in our world and in our midst, we are called to live incarnationally. That is, to live with the spirit of God's presence inside of us. So what does God moving into our neighborhood mean to us as we contemplate how we can be the presence of Christ in the neighborhoods in which we uh, live and work, where we go to school and we play? What might change in the way that we engage our neighbors? How can we respond to Jesus' example of moving into our neighborhood when God came to dwell among us? May we become like our Lord and live, eat, and spend time with those around us. Jesus made friends with them. He sat with them. He touched them. He walked with them. He partied with them. Cried with them. He talked with them. He lived and he died with them. So may our tables be open to people always. May our homes be places of hospitality. May our friendships and relationships lead others to God. Isn't this the Christmas message that we need to hear and see today? See, God came in the flesh not to destroy creation, but to redeem it. Not to take us out of the world, but to give us his spirit so we can live in the world and serve others, especially the least among us. To become God's flesh and blood, his hands and feet, to be his compassion, his grace and truth in our neighborhood. It means unpacking our bags and staying a while, being an asset to our community, getting to know our neighbors, and showing the kindness and love of Christ to everyone we meet. Praise God's church. God is teaching us, and he's equipping us to be used by him, to be a loving presence of Christ in our neighborhood. I've been so encouraged how the Lord has been using you and using our church in the past few months. He has stretched us and he's preparing us to do things out of our comfort zone in order that God can reveal himself through us. And my heart is so warmed. It is so full. It is so delighted and so filled with joy and thanksgiving when I think of what the Lord has done through you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the Lord has used you to be his hands and feet, his compassion, mercy, and grace. You see, as pastors, we've just finished preaching our series on being a loving presence of Christ in our neighborhood. That was just like months ago. And here you are being used by God to do just that, to help those in Lytton where the wildfire that burned down the whole town and people became refugees that fled to the neighboring communities, including Merritt and other places. Then just months later, those who fled to Merritt became victims of the flood that devastated our province in so many ways. As a result of this, the Lord put a burden in our hearts 
to prepare and deliver Christmas pampers to Lytton and Merritt. But as some of you know, we had issues in trying to deliver the hampers due to roads being closed, road conditions being not ideal because of snow and ice. And then there was the whole ordeal with the moving company charging us a lot more money than we had initially been quoted. But then out of nowhere, the Lord provides a way for these Christmas pampers to be delivered as the West Coast Pilot Club offered to deliver them for us free of charge. And some of you volunteered to help with moving these to the Langley Airport, where they are now awaiting transport to Lytton and Merritt sometime this coming week. 200 Christmas pampers are lovingly made each with a handmade card from our children. Now, I am in awe of what God is doing through us, as many other Christmas pampers were also delivered to families in, in need in our local communities here in Vancouver through our partnership with Vancouver Urban Ministries. I'm extremely encouraged to see our young people's desire. Oh, sorry, uh, we forgot to put these photos in. Sorry about that. We had photos. For those of you who were here, we actually had photos of the craft fair that took place this last Sunday. Um, it was a beautiful event. I thank those of you who were involved. Mel, Jackie, many others. Thank you for being involved. Your passion for helping to educate the least privileged in Guatemala touches my heart. Touches my heart. You know, I'm touched. I'm touched by the artwork that's in front here. If you were to look at it closely, you would see much thought put into our theme of God moving into the neighborhood. I'm touched by what you have done, the artwork, the creativity, how the Spirit of God has uh, empowered you to come up with these uh, images. Now, I have one here. I'm probably not going to break this, uh, of a ceramic piece of art. You can see all of this in our Moments of Christmas uh, uh, page on our website where it depicts the uh, Advent art exhibit. But I I'm just touched by how God has moved you to create artwork and symbolism about where our church wants to be in the months and years to come. We want to be effective in terms of reaching our neighbors. We want to be able to allow the love of Christ to flow through us and into our streets, not just around our church, but where you live, where you work, where you go to school. I'm so touched by some of the artwork that I've seen and uh, how God has used this. It reminds me of the incarnational presence of God in our world and how we can be a light to reveal his presence. You know, I, I'm thankful when I see brothers and sisters in our faith community. They remember and they visit Pastor Joseph when, when you guys were in Montreal. I know that Pastor Joseph and the Noose were blessed by your presence as they felt that angels had been sent to them. I'm also hearing some of you say to me that as you're moving, as you're considering your new home, and you're planning to remodel your home, uh, to reconfigure it so that it can be used by God to bless your neighbor, to bless your community with the loving presence of Christ. Well, thank you, Fraser Lands Church. 
for your obedience to God. For this is what pleases him and brings glory to the Lord. You see, God reveals himself in Jesus. And God reveals himself through us, through each and every one of us. In the birth narratives, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the angel of the Lord tells Joseph to name the child Jesus, which means God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. But yet another name is given to Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, Jesus, the one who saves, is also Emmanuel, God with us. The name Jesus indicates what he does. He is the savior of the world. But Emmanuel reveals who he is. He is God with us. The incarnation of God in our midst. His human name, Jesus, describes his work on earth. But his prophetic name, Emmanuel, reveals the deeper mystery of his mission. God with us. Someone said that, and referring to Jesus, the word did not become a philosophy to be discussed, a theory to be debated, or a concept to be pondered. The word became a person to be followed, to be enjoyed, and to be loved. We sometimes see God as a distant being, seated high on a throne, high above the heavens. It's intangible to us. We cannot grasp onto this. God's tangible presence is given to all humanity through the immediate and intimate presence of Jesus, God in the flesh. God with skin on. God up close and personal. And God humanly accessible. Jesus brings God's presence to us. Jesus is not only our Savior, but he's also God with us. You see, in Jesus, God looks at us with human eyes, speaks to us in an earthly tongue, and touches us with a brother's hand, someone once said. Our God is with us as we walk through life. The creator and maker of heaven and earth has come to be with us. The one who brings the snow and calls a starry host by name, who conquers death and who conceives all of life is with us. This is the peace of God that we can all experience in our lives. God will walk with us and be with us in our unstable times, and he'll walk with us in our trials. You see, real peace does not come from a life without difficulty. But rather, real peace comes in a life with the presence of God during those very dark times. So whatever you may be going through right now, do not be afraid. Because God is with us. And he is with you. His presence makes all the difference in the world. At the end of Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus said to his disciples, and surely I am with you always 
to the very end of the age. Let's pray. Lord God, we give thanks for just your great love for each one of us. And that your great love compelled you, O oh God, to come into our world, into our broken world, and to live your life in such a way, O oh God, that it reflected and shown us and showed us Father looked like the very character and being of God the Father. Lord Jesus, thank you for reminding us this Christmas that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you, God, that we can live our lives with your presence, with your spirits, uh, in your spirit inside of us, and with you, O oh Lord Jesus, accompanying us through life, even though we go through difficult and dark times. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace and truth that's bestowed upon us, that we can be children of God. We thank you, Lord. We commit ourselves to you. We worship you. Receive the praise that's due your name. In your name we pray. Amen.
message version of the Bible. Eugene Peterson's translation of John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, through God's hope, through God's peace, through God's joy, and may God's love be with each and every one of you this Christmas. Have a very Merry Christmas. Hope to see you all at an evening in December on December 24th, 8 p.m., whether in person or online. Take care. God bless everyone.